Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis, filling in for Chris Taracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdaugh, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we began our presentation of the testimony of FBI electronics engineer Dwight Falkowski. In this installment, we continue our review of Mr. Falkowski's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It is the afternoon of February 8th, 2023, day 11 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor John Conrad was questioning FBI electronics engineer Dwight Falkowski about infotainment USB and Bluetooth data that he extracted from Alex Murdoch's Chevy Suburban. As we begin today, John Conrad continues his direct examination by asking the witness about other kinds of information that he extracted from the vehicle. There's another thing, you've, uh, another type of data you found uh, on this infotainment center, correct? Yes. We additionally looked for uh, information regarding the state of the vehicle. And what, explain to the jury, what does that mean? So what we were looking for on this car was something to show if the car was moving, if doors were opened or closed, windows up and down. Uh, we searched for this type of data on this vehicle. Okay. And did you find some of that data? We did. We found what we call states of the vehicle. And in this case, it was uh, more granular things, such as in one of the ones we're interested in looking at is the uh, shift lever going in and out of park, kind of giving an indication. And, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, but okay. uh, you, would you say that there is a lot of this vehicle, stat, vehicle status data that yes, was stored? Yes, this vehicle stores a voluminous amount of data and some logs. In his the majority of it really useful when you no. try to, to okay did you attempt to pare down the data you're looking at to find potentially useful information yes we combed through the data and we uh looked for data that matched our testing of a of a similar vehicle or identical type vehicle to be able to identify record uh, uh messages in this log that were can be attributed to the vehicle okay. states well, let's, let's let's talk about that you mentioned that you said testing what do you mean by testing? How, what did you guys do to test this? We, we uh, obtained a identical uh, 2021 Suburban vehicle with the same build-out. Okay. And we drove it multiple times and extracted data from it multiple times in a series of tests mm -hmm. designed to try to understand what is going on inside the system. Okay. So this is simple testing. So you go out and drive it. And you'd record, you knew when you were driving, so you could record times, correct? Record times, locations, yes. And then you could go back in and pull that data off the infotainment center of the test vehicle, correct? That's correct. And then you can compare that to the, the logs that you guys wrote 
saying we did this at this time, correct? That's correct. And you could, could what could you do with that comparison? What, what did that help you with? So that helped us identify um, in the logs, the logs uh, laid out uh, states, uh, very granular states of. Well, when you say granular, I'm gonna, I apologize, I'm gonna stop you, but uh, I wanna make sure, uh, you know, we, have, we understand everything you're saying. Um, when you say granular, what, what do you mean by that? I'll, I'll explain a, a few of the states to give you an example. Okay. When the vehicle first, say you open the door, and you see the screen turn on on the car, that would be maybe one or two of the states that the system tells me it's waking up, a message saying it's waking up, then a message saying I'm showing my animation video on the screen as it starts to boot up, and then eventually, like, if the car is being, and then other states of the car, such as the in and out of the park, the very, a lot of the states only mean something very small in the whole scheme of how the car is operating at very specific little pieces of data. Okay. And there's a lot of them, correct? There's a lot of them. And so uh, you had to kind of figure out a way to kind of pare that data down into something that's useful for you to interpret, correct? That's correct. Right. And how did you do that? Uh, initially, we wrote uh, a utility into our parser that would go through, first of all, and select all the messages we found of interest that, that that indicated some sort of state of the vehicle. And then we attempted to take that data and um, put meaning to it. Uh, and it, it was a, a challenging process, let's put it that okay. way. But ultimately, do you feel like, at least for certain types of events, you're able to draw some conclusions about what was going on with the vehicle certain times? Certain events were much more specific about certain of the things that were going on with the car okay. and were clearer. Uh, and when you were asked, uh, you know, the, the, the question of, you know, is, can you use any of this information to determine when a vehicle could potentially be moving? Is that something that you looked for in this, in this data? We were looking for that data. We found something close to that data. Okay. And in your uh, testing and analysis, what did you determine would be the best indicator to you, looking at the data, of when the vehicle is moving? The uh, message indicating whether the car was in park or out of park. Okay. And so you found a reliable indicator from your, in your opinion, indicates the vehicle would likely or possibly be moving, correct? That's correct. Uh, now, uh, all you said was you can, this particular message says it's either in park or out of park, correct? That's all it says. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily say whether it's in drive, correct? That's right. I don't know what gear it's in. Okay. Uh, but you can tell when it's out of park. Correct. And can you tell from that whether the vehicle is actually physically moving? I cannot. I am. And at the end of this analysis, did you prepare uh, data uh, and uh, a parser report uh, to send to SLED uh, at the end of your analysis? Yes, I did. Prosecutor Conrad hands Mr. Falkowski a small slip of paper. Okay. I'm going to show you what's been marked as Exhibit uh, two, or excuse me, 443. I'm going to see if you recognize that. Yes, this is a copy that I validated earlier today against the original. Okay. Original uh, evidence that was submitted. So that contains the information you provided, Sloan, correct? That's correct. And generally speaking, what is contained on this CD? It is the, uh, uh, our, our unit's uh, uh, derivative evidence results of what was extracted and reported for both the OnStar module and the infotainment system. Uh, and so this provides both, we said there's voluminous raw data 
that came out of this vehicle, correct? Yes. And it includes a full copy of that, right? There is. But also includes a uh, report uh, that kind of pairs that down into more useful information to you, correct? Yes. And what did you call that report again? Uh, the Was it the HTML report? Oh, the, the format was in HTML, so you could open it with a browser, And yes. what tool did you use to help you prepare that condensed report? That was the parsing tool that, that developed that. And that's what you told talked to you about at the beginning of your testimony with the jury, and that's a, a way to software, use software to help pare down the data into something useful. Correct. correct. Okay. John Conrad brings another one-page document to Mr. Falkowski. I want to show you it's been marked as Exhibit 449, and just just describe what that is. Could you please Okay, this is a uh, spreadsheet uh, that basically shows uh, many of the states of the vehicle that we were looking at and testing our the test and working in, running our tests on the test vehicle. This is an analysis of the states that were on there, and this is what we were using to develop the understanding of what these states meant. Okay, and so will be a shorter way to describe that, a more simple way to describe it. Um, it, it's an analysis of this state machine. Okay. Um, would it be, state vehicle states. It would be, this would represent some of the research that you and your team. That is research. Prepared. Yeah, that's a research document. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Prosecutor John Conrad continues his direct examination of Mr. Falkowski by asking the witness about phone call logs extracted from the defendant's Chevy Suburban. All right. And we, we talked about call logs. Right? And you found some call logs, correct? Yes. On this, this vehicle. And where did those call logs come from again? They were stored within the infotainment system. And where did the infotainment system get that? From an attached phone. Okay. Conrad hands another one-page document to the witness. And I'm going to show you what's been marked as States 446. Um, and let me see if you recognize that document. Yes, these were call logs that we recovered off the infotainment system. Okay. And uh, those are two specific calls, correct? That's correct. All right. And what are the date and time of those two calls? Uh, the first one, uh, uh, June 7th, 2021, at 2206.14. And what was your number dialed on that one? Uh, 9111. Okay, three ones. Okay. And then an another one uh, shortly thereafter at 2206.18, uh, a couple seconds later, for just 911. And uh, in your research and testing, were you 
Can you determine of when these call logs would have been pulled off the phone that made these calls? No, at some point the system would have downloaded that information from the phone. I don't know what time that occurred. Okay. Prosecutor Conrad brings one more document to the witness. And I'm going to show you, and this is Exhibit 442, and I'm going to ask if you recognize this document. Yes. And what is that document? Uh, I've titled this document the 2021 Chevy Suburban Log File Excerpts from June 7th, 2021. And is this a condensed version of data from that original, that CD that we uh, showed you a minute ago? Yes. Okay. And what is that condensed to? Why did you condense it to that particular data for this particular printout? This uh, spreadsheet was the uh, data that our parsing tool was looking for amongst all the log files and extracting those out. We talked about this a minute ago, uh, but uh, if you're trying to determine when this vehicle moves, you identified a key indicator. Uh, when a vehicle may have possibly moved, you identified a key indicator in that data that would indicate to you, in your opinion, that the vehicle could have possibly been moving, correct? That's correct. In or out of park. Okay. And uh, when you produced that report, did you color code certain columns? Yes, I, I hand-colored the columns on here that indicated those for clarity. And, and I think I meant to say rows because there are four. There rows, so yes. My, my apologies. Uh, and you color-coded certain ones, right? That's correct. Okay. Prosecutor Conrad displays a document on the witness monitor for Mr. Falkowski. Uh, once we get the computer going, it'll give a better view, but for the moment, we'll look at the Elmo. Can you read, can you read that document on your screen, Mr. Falkowski? I think I can read that. Okay. Um, so let's just start at the top. And I think you read the title, this 2021 Chevy Suburban Law Clause, correct? That's correct. All right. And then we see a row below that that looks like descriptors, correct? Correct. All right. Well, let's just start on the left. Let's explain what these may mean. Uh, and we see on the far left, it says line and then a number symbol or hashtag. What, what does that mean? Okay, I'm going to explain that uh, using the next column over file name first. Uh, the file name indicates the particular log file that w the data was recovered from. The, they were, there was numbered log files in the system. Uh, and for this date, there were two different log files that contain this data. And the line number indicates the, the physical or the actual line number starting from one at the top that that data was located on. Okay. And then we see the date next to that. Is that what is that again, specifically the date and time? That is the timestamp of the actual log entry. John Conrad references the document on a computer monitor as he continues his questioning. For the listener's context, the time of the murders is estimated to have been between 8.44 p.m. and 9.06 p.m. on June 7, 2021. The call made to 911 by Alex Murdoch was at 10.07 p.m. on that evening. All right, uh, so event time. What is event type? Basically, the event type is uh, a part of the log entry that describes what sort of event is going on. It describes the event. Okay. Event description, what does that mean? It's just a longer, uh, more verbose version of the event type. An event value, what does that mean? That is the actual value of the event rather than this is the event and this is what its value is. Okay. When you say value, what do you mean by that? It can be a one, a zero, a true, a false, uh, or a, a textual indicator of the system state. Right. And you say one or zero, true or false, 
Uh, you mentioned a while ago that data is always binary, right? Yes. And binary is always one or zero, correct? In case a lot of these are one and zero. Okay. And that's how data is typically stored in computer systems, Typically, correct? yeah. Okay. So finally, on the far right, it says raw line from service log file. What does that mean? That is actual uh, line from the file copied verbatim. Okay. Uh, and so that's the actual data log that you pulled out of the system. That is correct. Okay. And it includes a, a timestamp as well, correct? That's correct. Okay. So let's just look at the top here. And you said you did you added in some color coding, correct? That's correct. And the, the top line uh, appears to be uh, red. That's 83-84, correct? Yes. And 86-76 is also red, correct? That's correct. Right. Why did you color code those red? What is that? Those were basically messages that were showing the system starting up. Okay. Uh, the computer for the infotainment system initiated a boot sequence. All right. And did your testing identify a number of ways the system on this vehicle could start up? Uh, we observed it starting up with several ways. Okay. I don't think we know all the ways it may start up. Okay. Well, what are some of the ways you observed that it could start up? Uh, just things such as opening the door of the vehicle or getting in the vehicle, turning it on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when I say when we say system startup, we mean the infotainment center. Just the, this is referring to the infotainment center, not the whole vehicle. Okay. So it's not necessarily we're turning the vehicle on every time we see a red color there. Correct? That's correct. Just the infotainment center. It could be someone just opening the door, correct? Yep. All right. And that represents in some cases where the screen in that car just kind of lights up if the door opens or, or from another reason, correct? That, that would be an indicator, yes. Uh, and are there a Certain occasions where the system could kind of start up on its own. There's sometimes there's some unexplained times when the system seems to initiate a boot okay. uh, for no apparent reason. It, it's theoretical on what the car is doing at that point. Okay. All right. Um, and then below that, at line 9142 and 9144, it looks like you color coded those two lines as blue. Correct. That's correct. All right. And what? Why did you color code those lines blue? Those indicated these vehicle parked message that we found to be very useful in determining uh, potentially the car moving. Okay. And this is something that uh, you found in your testing analysis, correct? That's correct. That was uh, reliable? This is a reliable message. All right. And it reliably means what? Reliably tells you whether the car was shifted into park or shifted out of park. Okay. All right, and looks like lines 9142 and 9144 both occurred at 122143 on June 7th, 2021. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. And is that local time? That is local time. All right. Uh, and what does that mean? What does vehicle park true mean? Vehicle park true means the shift lever of the vehicle was placed into the park position. Okay, so, so the vehicle was shifted into park. That's correct. All right. And but it, I see it. it Looks like the exact same message on both lines, correct? That's correct. Why Why do we have the exact same message on both lines? If you take a look, a scroll to the right on the uh, one that's showing the raw values, you'll see that the messages are not identical. They're from two pieces of the subsystem reporting the same event. Okay, so this particular log and maybe some other ones get recorded in different places on this infotainment series. There's a lot of duplication of, of messages. Okay. And they don't... If they, if they had the same timestamp, how would you interpret that if you see duplicate messages with the exact same timestamp? I would typically consider that a, just a single event. So 
Let's look down below that, and I see multiple things happening, and I'm highlighting it, on lines 
And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we continue our review of the testimony of FBI electronics engineer Dwight Falkowski and conclude our look at day 11 of the trial. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.